Hi, I'm Tara Lipinski. And this is Todd Kapastashi. And you're listening to Unexpecting. What episode? Could you guess? No, we don't want to talk about this. I want this to be season two. I've wanted it the- is season no, two. Guys, the last couple of episodes needed to be season two. And he and you tell me every time, sure, I'm going to make it season two. And then when it pops up in the what morning, do you mean make it season two. It's just now again, it's like episode 300 of season one. This is season two. <laughs> I don't know how to change it to season two, but just so it, for listeners to know, this is important for me in my <laughs> brain, is episode 16 starts season two. So you just want people to magically They'll know just know. This. No, they will One won't. to 15. 15 was when we brought Georgie on. That was the end I, of season I one. I understand. No, you just, can we- That was our magnum fertility <laughs> opus. I know we're- One like, to 15. And I, now we're doing it because we love the community and like love just continuing to talk about this stuff. But 16 to now, which I- think uh, 25 or 26 that's season two no we have to google this i know we're mom and pop podcasters here and it's not like we are experienced but i'm sure there's a easy google search that yeah. fixes this I'll maybe i wonder tomorrow. if i can retroactively go back and call something season two i don't know but i i feel like if not this is perfect timing because what we're talking about today feels very season two yeah well also the apt viewer may recognize <laughs> oh, no, the comments, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've laughed about how I really take the comments to heart. But he loves them. And you've been giving him a lot of comments and he will remark upon well, them. <laughs> well, so this is OK. So, again, speaking to the whole thing about season one and season two, like we I tried and we tried really hard in the first 15 episodes. We were in the basement. We lit it. You know, that's kind of part of what my job is, is like lighting interviews and all that stuff. So, I, you know, I wanted it to look great. I wanted those first 15 episodes to just be. You're underselling it. We had a like a full lighting yeah. set up downstairs. It was beautiful yeah. what and you it, did. And but it looked nice. And then <laughs> since then, because, again, as we've joked and as I've joked, like I have another job. <laughs> so it's like hard to be, be a full time you know, cin podcast cinematographer. <laughs> so season two, technically, episode 16 to now. Look wise, have been all over the place. Like, we wanted to keep a video element, but you know, it's been a little hit or miss. So, the whole my whole point of bringing that up is someone for the last couple of weeks or various people <laughs> on YouTube have been like, guys, can we like put a light on? Terror's in complete darkness, <laughs> or like use a light, maybe we can't see anyone, which kills me as you know, someone who does my job who's getting criticized on a podcast for not being able to like yeah, see the you subject. You take all of these things, you're such a perfectionist, but guys, so we anyway, have lights. we have lights. <laughs> I bought on like Amazon, like the cheapest possible like lights you can get. I think they're for like makeup influencers. <laughs> <laughs> but I've rigged them very high. And so, you know, there's lighting. It there's may not light. be great, but we can see your beautiful face now. And, Thank you. you know, we're trying here. This I, isn't, you know, a point two to make is like all these like podcasts can look really, really nice. Like the big ones, like, you know, the up in smoke podcast that I listen to. It's like right. a basketball podcast like they those guys. It's a pro professionally run thing where they like all those dudes walk into a studio that's like pre lit and it like looks really yeah, nice. No, you are running we're, all things. We're in our <laughs> living room. <laughs> we, it's really funny, guys. Like before we start, we're just like, OK, sound is on. The red lights are on the cameras <laughs> like we're good. I mean, a lot of people probably do podcasts like this, like low budget yeah. kind of stuff like we're doing. But yeah, it's not like. 
were in a studio. But I would anything. never want it to be any other way. I love that you're in control of all of it. Well, also what I tell Tara every single time we're going to do a podcast is like, hey, if we're going to do it in daylight, which this room is daylight, we have to do it at like noon or like 11 or 12 or get- 1. And now it's late in the day. And what's going to happen is even though we have lights... <laughs> The shot is going to start to go darker, darker, Guys, darker, just darker. Don't comment. Gonna, don't the comment sun is on setting. This. Do not don't comment. Cut on, don't comment on the sun setting in this this shot. Yeah. Well, what's funny too about the comments is I feel like you really pressed for comments and then you got them. But I feel like I Todd, didn't press for comments. Todd you always, did. Todd always finds the one thing, and you were like, "But do you notice there's none on Apple?" <laughs> so there's like tons of comments on well, yeah no one has commented on like apple that's like where most people listen for right. like a couple months yeah there's so a lot of comments start commenting <laughs> comment on the lighting how amazing it is <laughs> okay so what are we talking about today well so well before we sort of really get into it there's one other thing i wanted to bring up oh boy kind of special to me okay you went to nationals a few weeks ago. I did. We don't have to talk about anything skating wise, nationals wise, you wise. I only have one thing to talk oh, about. Gosh, I'm afraid. It's that I signed my first autograph. Oh, you did. <laughs> you signed. It was. It was so cute. Well, can I? First of all, before you tell <laughs> your perspective, I'm pretty sure. I think you're going to disagree with me. I'm pretty sure there's two reasons why that person asked me for my well, autograph. There are a few. I think there's three reasons. I think. One could be they genuinely <laughs> thought I was Johnny Weir. Ah, uh, I mean, <laughs> that's the most ludicrous thing. Well, like maybe you they're not a huge skating <laughs> skating fan, and they were like, "Oh, that must be her partner." No, he's he's on TV no, too. No, definitely okay, not. That, so maybe not that. They thought I might be Terry Gannon, which is a huge insult to Terry <laughs> Gannon because he's a much handsomer man than I am. But that's two. Three is that. The, the mom who was like, oh, like, mm-hmm. you know, Tara's over there if you want to ask for her autograph. The, a mom might have said, like, I think that might be your husband so he doesn't feel weird. Ask for his autograph, too. But I don't think Those are the three scenarios. Say, you know, oh, he doesn't want to feel weird. I think... I don't know. I don't know. I think they, <laughs> I think they knew you maybe from like my Instagram or maybe the podcast. But then, but then a started, couple more people. Yeah, I think they were they like, won. well, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> is this like an old skater too? Is this a Olympic gold medalist? Um, you just call maybe me they, old. <laughs> maybe they, they thought I was Brian Boitano. I have no idea, but it was hilarious watching you sign autographs, like Why? our names together. I just thought it was very cute. <laughs> but one last thing, I don't want to get too deep into this because we have so much to talk about, but but guys, Nationals was very interesting for me. A, we brought Georgie, so it was the first flight. We don't want to, you know, talk too much about just, you know, Nationals itself, but I personally have not been that sick in 10 years. It was... Well, we're still trying to figure out if it was food poisoning or like a stomach bug. You kind of don't know. I have no idea. Todd walked into the room because <laughs> he flew after me and I was already in the midst of like this horrible sickness. And I can tell you, I've done long hours at the Olympics. I've done IVF through, you know, commentary at the Olympics Nothing compared to this. I, this is probably my proudest moment that I didn't throw up on live television and I got through two days of 12 hour days somehow with either the worst food poisoning or the worst stomach bug. I didn't eat for 48 hours 
too much information but they put a bucket under this (laughs) the booth like it was awful well i don't want to ruin a potential sponsor but there was we think the culprit could possibly have been like (laughs) hours old cheesecake factory that had been sitting there that you ate yeah i think it was a stomach flu it just was like i all week i felt awful no one else got it i don't know i don't know i didn't get it you didn't but but there was like legitimate hair holding back yeah, in the toilet yeah, moments. Yeah, I know there was. It but was it is really pretty nice. incredible. Like again, we we talked about this on a previous episode about I more so with IVF, but you never know what people are going through. Like people see you on TV and Johnny, and it's all yes. laughs and oh, the- fashion and whatever. But little did they know you were doing all these shots. But like in this case, it was similar, but just not IVF. It was just illness, like a bucket under your feet when yeah. you're on TV. This was literally the worst. I mean, I was running to and from the booth, going to the arena bathroom, praying that I was going to be able to like stop puking and come back. It was awful, awful, awful. So on that note. Well, um, (laughs) also quick note, Georgie made her TV debut. She did. We threw her on. We did. We threw her on and she she pouted because it was past (laughs) her bedtime, but it was cute. Yeah, it was really cute. Um, So, you know, I think this is going to be a good episode to kind of really get back into the nitty gritty of fertility, I think, because we're starting the second journey, I guess, a soft launch. Because <laughs> <I'd laughs> <say>. <laughs> we're not exactly, you know, I think you have more hard deadlines than I do of like when we want a surrogate to get pregnant or when baby number two, we potentially want, you know, delivered, right. I guess. <laughs> um, but I think you've started the the surrogacy process again, you know, knowing now that Michaela isn't available to be a surrogate, which was, I know, a tough thing for you to to grapple with. But you've started reaching out to the agencies and getting bios and that whole thing. So, you know, we did talk about this in a previous episode early. On, yeah, I but think. I can but go into more yeah, detail. Yeah, go into sort of our process this time and, and what it's been like. Yes, but before I do that, just one quick note on Michaela that you brought her up. I was really interested to see where our relationship or how our relationship would evolve through this news and you know, we've both talked about in the beginning, it was almost shock and so unexpected and that we just felt like, oh, like maybe we could get around this or maybe there's still hope. And then now it's really sunken. And we were talking the other night and we're like, oh, now it's just like a little sad. You realize you use the word unexpected, right? I did. Which isn't I, a word. I <laughs> but I think because. We made it a word. In our universe first, here. It's a word. It's a word. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. It's just been interesting to see how our relationship has evolved. And I actually feel that we're closer, stronger. Um, Just it's, it's a crazy feeling. I don't know how to explain it or articulate it, but I feel closer to her now than even in the journey itself. And I don't know if we're just, you know, time makes the heart grow fonder. Well, you guys just went through something and now it's kind of the aftermath of it. Yeah. But I just feel like we are like, we're like that mafia love, you know, (laughs) where it's like, we get off. I'm like, I love you. I'm here for you, whatever you need. It's just like such a nice support system to have and to be able to bounce, you know, what I'm going through, you know, on the second journey off of her is really, it's been really nice. But, um, yeah, we've been having phone calls and you've been on some. Sometimes I take them first or um, I kind of go through the profiles and and I do the digging and the <laughs> the deciding a little bit. And then I bring you in <laughs> as backup. At second opinion. <laughs> second opinion. Well, what did you learn the first time around finding Michaela that you've kind of used this time? It's probably a lot easier to weed things out, right? Because we not weed things out, but weed people out who maybe don't fit 
you know, you know, perfectly you for also, them. And you for also us. know that Dr. Beck is going to kind of nix people for certain reasons too. So well, probably- yeah, so that's a thing and I love it to be honest, but Dr. Beck, I think has the reputation that she is really hard on passing hates surrogates <laughs> no. it's really hard on surrogates <laughs> no she is hard on the medical records so when you you have the profile and you're like oh this seems like a, a possible good match maybe you have a call and you're like even better then you send over the medical records and they have to be approved by your doctor and dr beck has very high standards of you know, and for good reason, because she wants to give her patients and the surrogate the best shot at success. And I love that. I love that. I feel like we are checking off even more boxes, but it is hard because I always think if we, if we match with someone, will will we pass the test when it's time? Um, it's gotta be hard for them too. And they've, and we've already had, you know, you can talk about it, but we've had conversations with people who were kind of like, felt like they were going to be a great surrogate or our surrogate. And then something came up, you know, that like it wasn't to be, and it must be just hard for them to like, to have these conversations with us, get to know us a little bit. We're kind of grilling them on their life a little bit. And then it's like, it doesn't work out. And that's probably hard. Right. But I feel like, yeah, it's gotta be hard, but I feel like they're also, you know, using this as the opportunity, like the FaceTime as an opportunity of, of sort of interviewing us in a way they ask questions of, you know, their own. So they know that they want to do this or that this is a good match for them or the reason that they're going through it. Are they getting what they think they're going to get out of it? Um, you know, whether it's a relationship or how they want that relationship to look, but, Oh, your question, sorry, your question of what I learned. I've learned a lot because I think up until the point where I knew the most was where I would have my miscarriages. So I knew pregnancy up until that point. And then I really knew nothing about it afterwards. And I think I, I really didn't want to get on the internet and do research and all of the stuff that I had done in my own journey. Cause I just thought it was going to bring me more anxiety, which I'm glad I didn't, but you kind of go into it naive. I think probably like most people that don't run into issues, but you know, pregnancy, there a lot can happen. And there's a lot of things I didn't know about placenta previa or, you know, if, if the, the surrogate's blood pressure is too high or when they deliver. Yeah, or, and that's the main thing for me is like the premature birth thing. I don't think either of us thought that hard about, about I didn't what even happens think about if it. it's 36 weeks. And there's so many complications when you deliver a baby early. So when it comes to a surrogate, surrogates who tend to deliver like late, later in the term or that they just like Michaela kept like it was 39 weeks induction because nothing was changing and they and that was sort of her track record of all of her surrogacies so you I guess you're saying then that you have more of an eye on that like I have when more of an delivering. eye on when I look at the profiles for me it always of course you want you know a great connection and communication and relationship and someone that you feel is exactly you know your type of person but for me, and I don't know about you, it really comes down to giving us the best shot of of a pregnancy being successful. And you know, we had we lost six embryos, and we have seven on ice. And I think there's still this fear in my mind of, you know, anything can happen. You know, but there are statistics. It, it's, even if you're a surrogate. It doesn't matter. There's a 65% chance that it will work. And then there's a 35% chance that it... Quick math. Sorry, sorry. Quick math there. 40, 
No, you're right. You got it. What? 40? 65 and 35. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. No, but we usually talk about this because I always say 40. I thought you were going to say that because no, I'm always like there's math. a 40% chance that it doesn't work. But surrogates just don't always get pregnant. And that is just the name of the game. Anyone who puts an embryo in, that's your you're gambling and which side are you going to end up on? And I think for me it was really important. The first journey, as you know, we were really desperate for it to work because if it didn't, it would have been hard to say like, Oh, we just ended up in the 35%. Like we would have thought something else was wrong. We wouldn't know what protocol to take. Now we wouldn't know what to do next. And Michaela had three surrogacy, two, two kids of her own, three surrogacies. They all worked the first time. And for me, that was just relief, right? That it was like, there's a magnet somewhere in the, that uterus and that's how it works because she's defying all the statistics and odds. But what's funny is like when we decided to go with her, I remember thinking like, oh, Tara, yeah, you love that. But what are the chances now that a fourth one in a row is going to work? Like you're gambling and you're going to like, there's no way. It, and it, and it did. So there is something I think about some people's uteruses that have these magnets. So when I'm looking at the profiles, it's really important that a, that you have had a surrogacy journey before in IVF, your body has, you know, adapted to the medicine and that it worked the first time. And I've, it's interesting. I've sort of become a little more relaxed this journey, rightfully so, I think, just, you know, being able to have gone through a successful one, it just takes that pressure off. And I think I'm going to compromise a little bit more on some of these, you know, boxes that I needed Like which check. ones? Like that, I, at first I thought I wanted someone who had at least two IVF surrogacies that worked the first time. Now I think I could go with someone who had just one that worked the first time. Um, you know, I could, like, I feel like there's some things that I could just be a little less worried about this time. Um, I think it's a lot like dating, right? Because it's just like, you have to compromise on some things, but then you have your non-negotiable, you know, items that you are, this is, this is what you need. And it's just finding who fits that match. But it's crazy because you're looking at, like, when I look at these profiles, they're amazing, right? Like you're, you can barely find anything wrong. Like to be a surrogate is insane, right? Like you can't really have that many things that medically go wrong. Well, you know what we should do as just a funny behind the scenes Yes. I should film it. Is like you walk into a surrogacy agency and like fill out an application. And be like, they're like, how many births have you had? Zero. Zero. How many miscarriages? Four. How many failed trans? Six. <laughs> Just be like, I really want to do it. I feel I, like this is my yeah, calling. Like, are you going to squash that dream for me? <laughs> and then sue them when they discriminate. <laughs> no, but that's my point. Like, I think about that when I'm looking at these things and like, you know, Dr. Beck finds something small wrong. I'm like, God, Dr. Beck, do you remember me though? Like, yeah, we were we were at the low end there. Like, this you can is, do a lot of things in life. Surrogacy is just not going to be that's one not of your things. Be where I where I thrive. Well, the other thing about having too much, not too much, but more knowledge this time than you did the last time, is you just come into it even with the agencies with like a baseline of knowledge, and you kind of know probably a lot more than they think you know. Yeah, even to the point where you came home one day, and I feel like you were disgruntled because. <laughs> Someone was like mansplaining something to you. I had a little mansplaining happen, but email. okay. But I'll, I'll caveat with this: it's it's probably 
you know, these agencies have to give you information as an intended parent to really understand the process. Maybe it's their first time. Maybe they didn't go through IVF. You never know what it is. So just because I know all of these things and have been through so much, obviously these agencies don't know, but I got, I had, I had met with a surrogate and I didn't know that she had done one uh, surrogacy and it failed the first time. And I really, really liked her. And that's the hardest part when you really connect, everything feels good. And you're just like, oh, this, like, it just feels right. And then to sort of grapple with these other anxieties. And I have to think about her and myself, because the most important thing is not just to jump in and be like, let's do it and see what happens. A, because we know how valuable these embryos are, but B, you want both parties to be super comfortable throughout this. I don't want my anxiety being so over the top because I'm worried about a transfer failing. So you want to be able to be honest with the people that are representing these surrogates. So, you know, I did just say like, oh my God, I love her so much. I'm a little, you know, worried about, you know, that, that one box that I really wanted checked off. And I got like an email back of explaining the 65%. And then it was also like, and just so you know, like it could take up to three, you know, failed transfers for it to work. And it's like, of course, yes. Like I know all of these things, but, but we really got to stay out of the zone that it we fail three times on these embryos. Well, hard. Well, that just made me think it, it is hard. I feel so bad for these surrogates because there are probably surrogates who don't have a failed transfer the first time. And then maybe they have like six successful ones oh, in a row. 100%. But you are kind of like Mine's nixing like, her because she had a failed, you know, it's just mine like very is an difficult. imaginary like stress relief thing where I, it's not logical. That's what I said. Like even with Michaela, like, it's not logical that this is going to work a fourth time, but it's just this thing where I want to have that in my mind as like security, but I know that means nothing. And I've had so many friends that have had their surrogate fail the first time, the second time, perfect, perfect pregnancy, everything. So again, anyone listening and wanting to go down, you know, a surrogacy journey, don't take my advice. This is just me and my trauma talking. <laughs> so I make up these rules. And now a quick word from our sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And speaking about that, I wanted to talk about my personal experience with therapy. I love it. I mean, I really love therapy. I get to work on myself and also get to hopefully be the best version of myself in the way that I show up in the relationships in my life. And it's interesting. I think there's this common misconception out there that relationships in your life have to be easy to be right. But guys, we all need to work on things. And I just love the idea that I get to learn more about myself, constantly evolve, and I guess for me, therapy just gives me a place to find the best ways to learn how to communicate my needs while also trying, keyword trying, because we cannot be perfect, but to show up as the best version of myself in these relationships. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, which makes it extremely convenient for our busy schedules. The flexibility is great. You just have to fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash unexpecting today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash unexpecting. Okay, time to talk ritual. I am personally trying another one of their vitamins right now, which is focusing on my gut health. And if anyone's interested in what I'm taking, it's the Symbiotic Plus Gut Health. And so far, 
I'm loving it. But as you have heard me talk about throughout this podcast, I took Essential for Women prenatal during my IVF and pregnancy journeys. So I've loved my experience with that prenatal with Ritual. So did you know it's important to take a prenatal before you're pregnant? The first 28 days of pregnancy are an important time in a baby's neural development. So preparation is key. Also, I loved that the routine of taking my prenatal was an easy one. Their capsules featured a delayed release design to make it gentle on an empty stomach and a citrus essence to make taking your multis actually enjoyable. But what was even more important to me was that I felt comforted by the fact that the Essential for Women prenatal is rigorously tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals. Ritual works with world-class certification bodies to validate their products, one less thing for us to worry about during such an important time in everyone's life. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash Tara. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash Tara for 20% off. What so? What is your? Because I can I think I have my answer. Is like, what are the two or three top things, like in order of what you look for? Yes. And I guess for me, it would be what you're describing, like just good bio in terms mm-hmm. of you know yeah. successful trans or yeah. successful transfer, successful pregnancy, and all that. And the second thing, honestly, I think is, and Michaela was so good at this. I mean. You know, if you've been listening, we the only thing that happened during Michaela's pregnancy was this tiny bit of like spotting. And she immediately, this was late at night, yeah. called us in the middle of the night, said she was like going to the emergency room. She kind of took very quick action over something yes. she probably didn't even need to. So I think that's number two for me yes. because you just don't want, and I don't want to blow up anyone's spot, but you've been talking to some surrogates and one of them, I think, or maybe even two, kind of there were some red flags with like, well, you know, in my one surrogacy, I didn't really, you know, feel the baby kick for a while. But but I knew I had an appointment back. next week. And yeah. I was like, ah. <laughs> and that's maybe yeah, fine, fine. But like that's, I think for someone who's. Like a personality match is what yeah. I think I'm looking for too as one of my bullet points of you just kind of get each other. You kind of pick up that, oh, this person's so a little. A, is there a box that says like psychopath? <laughs> <laughs> Check. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say type A, you know, really just takes the. Nervous Nelly checkbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nervous Nelly. But I think, but that gave us such relief. I mean, I remember that night with Michaela. It was like she was on it. It was just a little spotting and she was there and the the heart rate monitor was hooked up and she was asking questions. And that's something that I would just love to see these conversations. You're, Cause you know, some of these are happening without me. You yeah. kind of screen people before I get brought in, but I would love to have a camera on you. And the person on the other end's like, yeah, I mean the baby, I just didn't feel like kicking for a couple months. And I just no, thought it was, was probably not. fine. I had some like it bad ice cream one days. night and I didn't feel like kick anymore. No, no. I mean, it, it's been interesting. Most of the the people, you know, there's been a few that I thought this is it. This is a match. This is going to happen. Um, and it doesn't happen for, you know, reasons that you can't even imagine when you start. Because, I, I mean... Here, I'll give an example. I really loved this one surrogate. <laughs> Here. <laughs> what? <laughs> Here, let me give you an example. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's like hard because I don't want to like that. give out, you know, I don't want to, like you said, like. Here, 
<laughs> you are giving them out. You're giving out examples like Halloween candy. <laughs> okay. Here. Here. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me a little bit. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> Here, I'll give you an example. <laughs> so there's a surrogate in California and, oh, profile was just amazing. I, I couldn't remember. Maybe two or three worked the first time. You know, you asked what my... Psychopath box checked. <laughs> <laughs> you ask what my things are. It's, I think from all the miscarriages I had, I, you know, for scar tissue, for any other reasons, just stay away from that. And then the transfer working the first time. And then what we learned in the first pregnancy, we really didn't get real quick. We really didn't get into that. But, you know, you look at, I never thought to look. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm just still thinking about the here thing. It's so dumb, but. Guys, this is how life very goes here. formal. Um, I have the giggles now. You got the giggles. But to your point of not maybe thinking about the end of the pregnancy, and I didn't ever think about that. I thought if someone was like 30 weeks pregnant and we were like, well, it's been successful and has a heartbeat, like it's doesn't matter. Like the baby will just pop out healthy. And it's like, yes, you can have premature deliveries or births or things like that. But I think just to avoid, you know, the stress that comes along with maybe the baby going to the NICU or, you know, there, we should bring someone on at some point. Cause I follow a few of those accounts of parents that either have gone through IVF and then also go through being NICU parents for, you know, weeks or months of the, the baby's life. It, it is it is really traumatizing to go through that as well and not have that ordinary experience of bringing your child home. So to your point earlier, there were so many things I just didn't know that could go wrong in pregnancy or, you know, could happen. And so now I always look on the profile of when, you know, how, how many pounds was the baby? When did the the birth happen? Was it full term? So those are those things. And then the, like you said, the, the second thing is just finding that person and this back to the surrogate in California. Did you not feel we were kind of the same person? Like she was just so particular about- She also reminded me of Michaela a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just very- kind of same attitude. Yeah. And, yeah. Just like cool, chill, so particular about things. Like Everything had order. It just like felt like she was very on top of it, very open to just like wanting all of us to have this relationship, all of us to feel comfortable and healthy as pregnancy possible. And it really came, there was nothing wrong, like nothing, except you go on these calls and you don't know what to ask, but you just keep asking a million questions and something pops up and it can be anything. And this time it was like where her spouse worked. And it just was one of these things where I was a little concerned about being around chemicals or fumes or whatever it was. And it could be so random like that, right? And 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 maybe it's not, you know, it's for me in my head, I'm like, you have to make all these decisions. Like, do you just put that aside? Do you not? What do you do? And it's And it's just so hard because you start to immediately like this person, envision what the pregnancy would look like or the journey would look like. And there's just something that can pop up. And then it's like, oh, maybe this isn't, you know, maybe I'm going to be a nervous wreck worrying about it. And that's not worth it. So it's been hard. And it would have been nice because she was in California because there's other things we I think I've learned. Well, I was going to ask you that was Michaela obviously wasn't in California. She was in um, Idaho. Right. Which I think. I guess was I liked it fine. I'm right? fine. So that's another so guess, thing. Well, that's the question: is would you this time around? I think there are some nice things if they were in California or close. Like that surrogate was in Palm Springs, which is drivable. So 
you know, I don't know how important it is, though. Yeah, for me, it really isn't. And the first round, it definitely wasn't. You know, we were just so focused on, will this baby have a heartbeat? Like, that's that's the, like, level we were starting at that I think, for me, it was, again, nice to have, be able to be on FaceTime for these appointments, but then have her come in for the 20, she came to LA for the 20-week scan with ROB and doctor and... And then lucky enough how it all worked out, she gave birth in LA, which again, we didn't realize it till we went through it. It was so nice. It was so nice. She gave birth with my OB. So I had that comfort. You have the experience of just the doctors you've worked with for years, a hospital, you know, you bring the baby home. So now that's in the back of my mind, but maybe that's something we compromise on. You know, like I have my like levels of where to compromise or not, but um, I'm definitely open to either, you know, remote and then delivery here or, you know, remote, remote or, you know, again, ideal would be someone in California, but it's really, it really is. It's, it's like trying to find the perfect spouse. <laughs> it's just like you have, <laughs> you failed at that. So. <laughs> you don't have a good track record with very funny. <laughs> Um, no, but it's just like compromising on certain things. Um, but yeah, we've had these calls and I don't know, it's really hard because then all of a sudden it's like no one, you don't get any profiles and you don't hear from anyone and you're like, Oh, this feels like a drought of like, maybe no one's out there. And I don't know, maybe it's just gonna pop up one day and it's going to be right. But it's hard because it's like you, you think about it still. Like I keep thinking about a few of the surrogates that, and I'm like, oh, like, was that it? What should I have done that one? Should, you know, so I don't know that one in Palm Springs really hurt my heart. And they get, you know, they'll move on to someone else and maybe oh, she's pregnant. Like literally, like she yeah. could be pregnant right now because yeah. that's how in demand surrogates are. And sometimes that's another thing like to keep in mind. And the first round, I didn't know that. Um, but when they say on the email, like this surrogate could be gone by tomorrow, sometimes they'll like write that. It's the truth. Well, it's also like the, you know, you don't know people's red flags or deal breakers on these things. The person in Palm Springs may have got snatched up because that person just didn't care about the thing that you cared about. Of course. Know? And it's probably like, great and fine and whatever. It's just, you have to balance how you're going to feel. And I think that's the biggest piece of advice I could give is like, think quickly before you just jump in of how you will feel. Cause it's a lot of anxiety. It's a lot of unknowns and you want to be, I think I was for being a psychopath. Wasn't I pretty relaxed? I mean, be honest. If you think of that first, our, our first journey, during like, Michaela's would, pregnancy? Would you have ever thought that would have been me? Like, I know you. You were probably like, oh, my God, this is going to be insane. Yeah, I think it, part of it was probably ignorance. Part of it was also just the joy of being pregnant. I mean, I think you were, uh, you know, both of us were kind of wrecks before the heartbeat yeah. scan. And even 20 weeks, I think you were nervous before I that. Nervous. I think after 20 weeks, though, it kind of was like yeah. Smooth sailing, yeah. pretty much. We really... Um, By the way, I'm having in. a hard time concentrating as I see the sun going oh, down no. and the room getting darker. It also, very random aside, since I see, see the lighting <laughs> change in the room uh -huh. on your face, do you... I have a very, very... We've never talked about this. I have a very, 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 personally, I think, specific side no, of my don't. face. No, you don't. Do you've you never, have one? Wait, you have a side? Yeah. You've... It, 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 what is it, eight years? 
You have never <laughs> told me this. Well, guess. What side do you think is better? Seriously. Also, terrible audio if you're Todd, just listening, but Tara's looking at my face. Todd, there is no difference. This side. What? You're, Look at you're, you're, I think I... Your left side is your good if side. If I'm being generous to myself, I would rate myself looks wise like a six point four on this Ooh, side. Oh, you're gonna oh on that side. On this side, I'm like a two. Oh, are you kidding <laughs> this me? This side is so much worse. I'm why? I'm hideous on this side. Oh my god, you're, you're I don't know what it is why people have that. Because if you side. say you have a side, I, I wouldn't be. I well, turn. Have you ever noticed in photos which way I No. Well, this should just show how much I love you because I'm sacrificing my good side for you. So you have the good light Todd, coming in through the window. No, I'm sacrificing my good side to just be a chill. Oh, your left side is your good side. No, my right side. Right. That's so, my right. But your left side showing here. So right. we're on the wrong side. Yeah, I should be but this side. But I always wear my We have complementary good this sides. Way. This is perfect. You could yes, be on the I good side. I should be on the side. My yeah. hair goes to that side. Next week, we're going to switch. We'll switch. This is really off topic, but do you ever hear when they're like, look at a picture, that's really what you look like? Like what you look like in the mirror is what your mind has like taken in of what you look like, but people don't see you like that. First of all, a mirror is like the reverse of what is reality. Right. Because you know what a mirror is I doing, I know, but right? when you're, yes, but when you're, <laughs> of course, but when you're, you're putting some like... <laughs> No, but what you look like in the Deep mirror. philosophical meaning into like no, but Todd, when you a look physical at, thing, a mirror is just reflecting no, your I image. I think when both of us are staring, looking at the mirror together, like what I'm seeing myself as is different than what you are looking in the mirror, looking at me as. I wish I could recite this, but we both love Larry David and Curb Your yeah. Enthusiasm. Did we? Yeah, we watched it together. You probably yeah. fell no. asleep. <laughs> oh, oh, we're going down a deep tangent of tangent upon tangent, but- just to update people, we talked, you would think that things we talk about on the podcast, like you would then in our normal life, like try to combat doing them again. But the movie thing what? has happened again. We were watching Anatomy of a Fall. Oh no, Another guys. sort of Academy Award nominee, I'm I think. I'm like a narcoleptic. No, but listen, <laughs> this is, this is funny, actually. Tara, at some point I look over very fairly early on, I don't know, maybe halfway through and she's dead out. Then she kind of wakes up for the last like 10 minutes and it finishes. I'm like, oh, would you like jokingly, but not. And you're like, nah, I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> slow. I'm like, oh my God, it's kind of slow. You slept through so much of it. Then I didn't realize how much you had slept through because the next day I was like, just go back and watch this movie. Yeah. It was really good. Like, I don't know why you're saying yeah. you didn't like it. You didn't see any of it. So I go back. I'm like, where'd you leave off? Did you see this? Did you see this? She's like, no, no. And we kept going back and back and back and basically you're like, oh, I think I saw this. And it was like, it was like 15, 15 minutes, minutes into the in. movie. You had missed an hour and a and half. And then I watched it and guys, it was so good. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, because you saw it. I love how it my go-to answer is always like, oh, it was a little slow. It went from a confusing <laughs> short film to like a real movie because yeah. you actually saw it. It was so good. It just corrects me up that legitimately I said, what'd you think? And you looked me dead in the eyes and said, I don't know. It was kind of <laughs> slow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, back to your face. <laughs> Never mind. Moving on. No, but what that. were we saying about our faces? I was just saying if we were both standing looking at each other in the mirror together. Oh, you... but I was about to say something about Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, okay. Well, because there's a line in the first uh, 
episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm this season where Larry says something to Leon about what a mirror is and similar to the ramblings <laughs> that you just went on Larry? about what a mirror is. Yeah. Yeah. See, we have, <laughs> I really feel like I'm a female version of Larry sometimes. <laughs> you have some similarities, I oddly. <laughs> I love him so much. We saw him one time yes. at a restaurant. I know. And I wanted so badly to go up to him. Wouldn't um, it be great to have Larry David on the podcast? <laughs> Talking about what? He would be great to talk about like sperm count and yeah, like all the male I, factor like, things. Yeah. What if we just like made it fertility based? But I wonder, I don't even know if he has kids. I don't know either. I think he was married and divorced because that's like the show he's married yeah. and divorced. So I think it's, that's maybe based in some I have truth. no idea. But Larry David, if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> to Unexpecting the Podcast. What I wanted to ask you next, though, is, and I have kind of strong feelings on this, I guess, but curious your thoughts is we're in a weird place because we went through this journey, especially for you, insanely traumatizing five years. We kind of get through it. We have Georgie. It's amazing. And then there is this sort of thing of like, okay, we want another kid and we're so blessed to have these embryos to be able to afford a surrogate, all those things. Um, but just the idea of like kind of starting again where there could be an issue and probably not because it feels in a certain sense that we figured a lot of it out. But even the, like when you bring up certain terminology, like even I hate to say this, Dr. Beck, I love you. But when I hear the word Dr. Beck or like a point like California fertility partners or surrogacy or like, or like we like, yeah, like I, any of the fertility terminology, terms. when I hear you say them again, it felt like we had this break from it. And now you're starting to like say the words again. Yeah, I'm saying the words. <laughs> and it like makes me want to throw up. I know. I know. But I I mean, I think that is right. That's I think that's PTSD. And I think that I have the same feeling like, you know, I'm focused on the surrogacy part of it. But like you said, the word protocol the other day I about know. Dr. Beck and the protocol for the surrogate. Like we would to do like, an ERA first, which is like a mock cycle. And then like I started. I wanted to put my head on the table. <laughs> Wait, should we tell people about the head on the table? <laughs> we're telling way too many side stories. But yes, go okay. quickly. Okay, quickly. So we're at lunch one day. <laughs> no, on no, no. So the. What? I, I, I should never put you in charge of a story. <laughs> <laughs> Why? One of the things that makes it really funny is that it was at like a super, and we rarely go to this yes. restaurant and it's way overpriced. I don't even, it's good, but not that good. It's don't really, give it away. It's a you really, like to call things out. It's a really expensive <laughs> restaurant in LA. So it's like a high end, you know, Italian, spot. Italian restaurant. Yes. And we're there, I guess probably early. Cause that's the only time we get a reservation yeah. at a nice yeah. restaurant. And there's like a family, family of like five or six. It feels like a mom and a dad, two kids and like, a grandma. I don't know. Yeah. I felt like it was like a was seven like, or yes. eight person table. <laughs> and then all this, we're kind of like talking, but then they're being loud. And you can tell that the dad is like yelling <laughs> at the kids or something. They're being bad. And the dad all of a sudden goes, Hey, stop that head on the table. And Tara's looking, I think they're, my back is to the whole thing. And you're looking at them with your eyes like wide open being like, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. The dad yelled head, head on, on the, the table. table and the kids were forced to both put their foreheads on, on the, the table. table. So like they're like flat, heads down. Head, face, face, head down on these at this nice table. So I feel like I subtly was like, I got to see this. And I turn around and it's just the family having normal conversation. <laughs> conversation. And the two kids at a nice restaurant, their heads are just flat on the table. 
<laughs> forehead down just like it was so interesting so todd and i have brought this well, so we have a yeah a joke now if we're mad at the Maybe. other person we'll just say head on the table head on the table <laughs> um oh my goodness wait where were we going from here <laughs> uh, oh yeah just the the thought of starting again or you're not gonna like me even giving these words but just like can you imagine having to do a transfer and a two-week wait and a pregnancy test? Oh, oh. just even the seeing the. Well, I guess we don't have to see the pregnancy. I test, do. Though. Well, we have to see them, but they're not like physically in the house, right? Which is no, I just see them on on. But text. even that, or like, this is what oh. actually makes me nauseous: is you showing me a picture of a line that I need to <laughs> tell you which one if it's darker. Or not another one. Uh, I know. But I mean, we're being down in the dumps, but like, I don't know. We should, we have reason to be positive, Michaela. Well, that's the thing. We, I think I have like, you know, like we were at zero hope. I was like at the end of the line. Now we have hope. We've like, we've done it once. We've done it once. It's possible. And to me, that is all I ever wanted. Truthfully, was just that it could happen once. Obviously, I think there's something to the PTSD of it all that it has nothing to do with anything, but it makes you feel, I mean, I don't know about you. It just makes you feel that nauseous feeling thinking yeah. about it. It's almost for me, I guess, less of, oh no, like maybe something could go wrong again and we lose all seven embryos. We only have one child, mm-hmm. but like, it's not even that. I think it's just the raw like reminder of right. what we went through. Or just through like what your days are things. like. And it, yeah, it just brings back. It's like the, to be honest, like again, love Dr. Beck. But like when you, when I go into that room, it brings back a lot. Yeah. But the the reality though, that's great is that again, we sort of know a lot of our issues that we had. Michaela, the embryo works or embryos mm-hmm. are good. There's no yeah. like genetic issue with, you know, a surrogate who carried. So I don't know with seven embryos, it's kind of hard. No, no, wood, no, no, no. It's not kind of hard in our, we are the outliers. No, but I think we're, we, <laughs> after five years, we got lucky in the sense that we have a child and it like it worked, you right. know? So but I just there's wonder, no reason, there's literally no real reason to think that. Oh, see, I don't even want to si- talk, don't talk, don't besides talk about the it. 65% stop. issue. No, this is why it is hard to talk about these things in real time. Like I'm superstitious and I also, I disagree with you. I think anything can happen because it happened to us once where it just was like, you thought that can happen and life was like, oh, but it can. So I am on my toes. So that's why I, I yeah. Well, this is a, probably a question for another podcast or another day. I know how you're going to answer, but I mean, I mean, how devastating would it be to not, again, it feels like such a privileged thing to be like, oh, how upset would you be if you couldn't have another kid? Like we've already gone through this trauma and we were so lucky to get out on the other side of it with Georgie. But, you know, how upset would you be if it was just well, so you, me I and feel Georgie? Like this is such a delicate subject, especially in the community, just because, yes, I feel really content and happy and there is so much relief and so many feelings that I have Georgie, right? But there, and I, when I was going through the first journey, obviously I didn't have the perspective or understanding or experience to even think about what it would be like to have secondary infertility or, or not being able to have a second child. And there were so many people that are, are in the same journey that we were in the length of it, five years trying to get a second kid. And I think they struggle so much with you know, just sort of like people, 
they would say it to me in messages of like, oh, it's so hard to talk about though, because like, it's like, oh, well, you already have a kid, but that doesn't take away from A, the loss you might be going through, the B, that you just want a bigger family. You, you know, want to be able to have a second child. And I think all of those emotions are valid. So I don't know where I stand on that exactly. I just know that I really do want us to have a second child. I will always just be so grateful that we have Georgie, but it will be, you know, hard to say that I wouldn't be devastated if we couldn't, or maybe I, or maybe I'd be like, okay, I don't know. I mean, like on a, I'm kind of joking, but kind of not like on a fundamental level too, it feels like frustrating that if we only have one child, like we figured all that we went through five years of figuring everything all out these embryos. for just for not just, I mean, again, the, the greatest miracle in yeah, the world having yeah. Georgie, but just to like not have seven right. kids. Like technically what we went through, we should have all seven well, that, embryos that well, we have. That is why I have the is urge. My to have, point yeah, is what I'm that's saying. exactly. And yeah. that's why I feel like I have the urge all of a sudden to have this huge family because we, I mean, blood, sweat, and tears along with all of our genetics in those embryos. So you kind of, you kind of want it, but yeah, I think that there's so many people going through secondary or even third, you know, when they go for their third child and it's, and it's hard for anyone to say, well, sorry, you already have a kid. Um, but I do think there's a gratefulness there for yeah. sure. Yeah. So is there anything else on our sort of soft launch Soft launch um, <laughs> that you want to talk about surrogacy wise? No, I think that this is a good start. A good start of the first couple steps and just, you know, getting your feet wet a little bit and seeing what's going to happen. And we'll we'll keep you all posted as we go along and have more information and you know, I'm sure there'll be interesting stories along the way. Feel free to comment about the lighting in the <laughs> <laughs> in the comments, and we'll only get better from here. You yeah. Know? Now we have, you know, we're we now have the these start, two lights. The start of the podcast, it was nice and bright in here. Now I can just see the behind <laughs> you is dark and you're spotted, but you know, you're lit. You can see your face. You can see my face. We'll, we're making progress we'll, in season three. We'll get there. <laughs> All right. All right. This was fun. See you soon. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to Unexpecting the Podcast. Please subscribe, leave a review, and follow Unexpecting Pod on Instagram for info about upcoming weekly episode releases.